Thanks for downloading and welcome to Take Orally, the podcast from Dream Queen's Medical Centre, Nottingham. This episode will be discussing emergency contraception. As ever, all information is correct at the time of recording. Any and all guidelines mentioned are correct for Nottingham University Hospitals NHS Trust. Other trust guidelines may vary. All views and opinions are the speaker's own. Hello, welcome back to Take Orally. And uh, this is the third uh, episode in our genital urinary medicine series. Once again, Dr. Katie Bogue has joined us. Hello, Katie. Hi. Hello. And uh, we are going to be discussing emergency contraception in this episode yes bread and butter stuff i hope so (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so when do students when do junior doctors need to think about a patient needing emergency contraception every woman that you see (laughs) (laughs) so um well that's what i would like everyone to do but clearly this is my uh special area and i'm a bit obsessive about it (laughs) so no any sexually active female who's either not on contraception or where you think contraception might have failed try and remember to think about emergency contraception because you might prevent an unplanned pregnancy you might be the person that helps prevent that termination so it's really important to try and remember to think about it Mm. all the time so when you say contraception might have failed what do you mean by that yeah so sometimes people are on contraception but it's not working optimally or they've not used it so they might be using condoms for contraception but either they've forgotten to use it or it's come off or it's split um, if they're taking the pill if they're taking the combined pill um, and they've missed two or more pills in a row um, then they then the efficacy of that's going to drop so they need to think about emergency contraception then mm-hmm. or with the progestin only pill if they're more than 12 hours late for the desigestrel pill which is the one that we tend to use that's Sorel, Cerazet, Fianola mm. they've got a 12 hour window to remember that um, or if they're one on one of the older pills then they've only got a 3 hour window to remember so if they're late with their pills yes that's why we don't tend to use them very often because 3 hours isn't very long to remember and my, and my eyebrows went up then yes. yeah, I'm going to see that on the podcast I was like oh, 3 hour window okay, yeah. yes not long to remember <laughs> um, so late with their pills or missed pills um, if they're on the depo and injection um, which we usually give every three months if it's been more than 14 weeks since their last injection and they've had sex since then then they might need emergency contraception mm-hmm. if they have an implant in but either they can't feel it and we're not sure it definitely is still there or in the right place or if it's been in for more than three years and it's uh, not going to be working as effectively as it should be then you need to remember to think about it um, or if they have a coil in and either the coil is coming so you might go to examine somebody and see that the coil is actually coming out either with or without them realising um, or if you examine them and see that there's no threads visible although this often means that actually the threads have just been sucked up into the uterus it can mean that it's come out so in that case we need to assume that they've not got any ongoing contraception and Mm. give them emergency contraception Mm. Um, or if they've been taking liver enzyme inducers which um, affects all the methods of contraception apart from the injection and the coils um, then they might need emergency contraception and just remembering that that effect from the enzyme inducers lasts until 28 days after they've stopped taking it so if they've Mm. had enzyme inducers within the last month they might not realise that this has interacted with their emergency con- their sorry their normal contraception so that could be like antibiotics in particular yeah so mainly the enzyme inducers that we think about are um, medications for HIV TB and epilepsy and um, mm. but also things like St John's wort as well which some people might take over the counter which interacts with almost that's, that's everything. On everything just don't take it <laughs> I know <laughs> don't take St John's wort uh, and when you said um, two combined oral contraceptive pills in a row do you mean two days in a row yes yeah. so so if you miss one day then then you're fine just 
take it carry on as normal but if you miss two days in a row um, then that's when you would need to be thinking about using condoms mm. for the next week mm. and you might need emergency contraception and what about um, if you uh, your patients on, on some variety of pill and they have vomiting or diarrhea does that that ever affect things yeah so um, if they have vomiting or diarrhea then I advise them to count as though act as though they're missing pills on those days because it might not be absorbed yeah. properly so if it's just one day then that's fine but if it's for two days or more um, then they need to be thinking about using condoms um, and think about emergency contraception okay um, and if you have missed pills how long is it if you then start retaking as normal, how long is it until you're, you're back and covered, as it were? Yeah, so with the combined pill, it would be seven days before okay. you're covered. And with the progestion-only pills, it's uh, 48 hours. So once you've okay. taken three pills correctly in a row. Yeah, it's as um, though so you didn't miss them. Exactly, you're back covered again after that. Cool. Okay, so we think our patient needs emergency contraception. What types of emergency contraception are there? So we have three. So we have two um, oral medications. So there's Ella-1, which is ulipristal acetate, and there's uh, levonorgestrel, which is a progestogen, um, which is sometimes called Levonel. That's the common brand name for it. Um, or you have the copper coil. So there are mm. your three different options uh, for emergency contraception. Okay, uh, so how do they work? So the oral ones work by delaying or preventing ovulation. So um, once you've had unprotected sex and you've got sperm inside the uterus, it can last for up to seven days. Some books say five days, some say seven days. So we'll go with seven just to be cautious. Last up for seven days. So what you're doing with the pills is delaying ovulation so that by the time you ovulate, that sperm has died off. Mm -hmm. And so you've not got any fertilization occurring. Um, so that's how they work. Um, with levonorgestrel, um, it doesn't work quite so well around the time of ovulation. So if we go back to our physiology, um, the LH levels at the start of the menstrual cycle are just petering along and then just before ovulation you get a big surge in LH and you ovulate when you get to the peak of that LH surge. So levonorgestrel works until that LH surge has started. Mm -hmm. um, LA1 works until it just before it peaks. So um, LA1 works better mid-cycle when somebody is about to ovulate. And then the copper coil works differently though. That doesn't have any effect on ovulation. What that does is it prevents implantation. Mm. So it means that um, if sperm and egg have fertilized, um, then you're using the copper coil to prevent that blastocyst from implanting in the mm. uterus. And how does, it, how does it stop it implanting? So it affects the endometrium, um, okay. so it makes it hostile. Oh, hostile <laughs> a hostile environment, a hostile so that it can't implant. Wow. Okay. Excellent. Uh, and so, how effective are they? Well, with the oral methods, because they're working by delaying or preventing ovulation, they only work if you've not ovulated yet. So if you take them in the second half of the cycle when you've already ovulated, you might as well take a Smarty. So they're not effective, okay? Um, also, their effectiveness drops off as time goes on. So with um, levonorgestrel, it's licensed for 72 hours, right. but we can use it up to 120 hours, so up to mm. five days afterwards. But in days four and five, it's really not very effective. Um, with Ella one it is more effective um, right up until five days, but again, only if you've not ovulated yet. Okay. With the copper coil, it's more than 99% effective no matter where you are in the cycle. So that's why the correct answer, mm -hmm. if somebody's eligible for a copper coil, is always that that's going to be the most effective method of emergency contraception.
Um, so you've already mentioned there that you can use them at different uh, times of the cycle. Can you go into a bit more detail yeah. about that? So with Lavinogestrel, um, it's licensed for 72 hours, but we do use it up to 120 hours, so up mm. to five days afterwards. And that's the same for L1, but L1 is licensed for up to five days. Yeah. With the copper coil, it's slightly different. So with the copper coil, as I said, what we're doing is we're preventing that um, fertilised egg from implanting. That's the purpose of it. And we know that after fertilisation, it takes more than five days for the um, embryo to implant. So with the copper coil, um, we can fit it either up to five days after the person's ovulated, if we know when they've ovulated, and we can talk about that in a minute, how we would work that out, or we can fit it five days after the first unprotected sex they've had. Mm. Because if they've only had unprotected sex you know, once in that cycle, we know that they can't have an implanted pregnancy until more than five days after that, because mm. that's the earliest time fertilization could have occurred. And if we know their cycle, then we know that they can't have uh, fertilization can't have occurred until they've ovulated, so mm. we've then got five days from ovulation. So it's whichever occurs later, so five days after unprotected sex or five days after earliest date of ovulation. So, and how are we going to know if our patient has ovulated? I'm sure we can't well, just ask them. <laughs> well, Did you ovulate? They might have an app and they might think they can well, tell you true. and it this may or true. may not yeah. be correct. Um, th so the way that we work that out is um, if they know their cycle length, then we take the length of their cycle and we minus 14 days. Okay. So the second part of the cycle is fixed at 14 days. So ovulation to first day of menses is always 14 days. It's the first part of the cycle that varies in length. So if somebody has a 28-day cycle, then that means they would ovulate day 14, because 28 minus 14 is 14. If they had a 32-day cycle, then they'd ovulate day 18, etc. If they have a variable cycle, which lots of people do, then we've got to err on the side of caution. So we go by the earliest potential date of ovulation, so we go by the shortest cycle. So if they sometimes have a cycle that's only 26 days, but mm. the rest of the time it's 30 days, we'd have to go on 26 days. Mm. So 26 minus 14 would be 12. Okay. Are those apps any good? They're really helpful for me in clinic <laughs> because people write down when they've had sex and when their periods yeah. are and it's made my life a lot easier. Yeah. Um, in terms of um, using it as a method of contraception, mm. uh, not so much. They're definitely not as effective as the hormonal methods or the, the yeah. copper coil. Mm. But in terms of Is that those apps that say you have a 5% chance of pregnancy today or something like that? Yes. And, or, so you know, this is a high risk day, days this days is a low risk day. Exactly, yes. Yeah. So um, I certainly wouldn't recommend them if you're really not wanting to get pregnant. If pregnancy is not that big a deal for you but you're just trying to avoid it then fine um, but in terms of tracking periods and monitoring side effects um, and you know mm. symptoms for PMS and things the apps are good and they're very very helpful when people come into clinic because they can tell me exactly when their period was every Boom. day they've had sex in the last month it's great so we're we're giving our patients a, a medication or we're we're putting some instrumentation inside them um, there's always side effects when we do things to our patients so what do we need to warn them about so with the oral methods really the main um, side effect is that sometimes it can cause nausea or mm. vomiting mm. and if they were to be sick within about two hours of taking it then it might not have had a chance to work so advise them to come back again mm. the other sort of common side effect is um, some irregular bleeding or spotting either around the mm. time that they take it 
or their next period might be slightly earlier or slightly late. Mm. Um, and we do always advise people though after emergency contraception to do a pregnancy test three weeks later, um, even if they have had a bleed or even if their bleed comes early or late just do a pregnancy test just to be sure. With the copper coil um, it can sometimes be painful to have it fitted. Most people do find that it is at least uncomfortable um, but generally just for a few seconds um, but they might feel a bit sort of crampy and periody like afterwards. Mm. And then if they keep that for ongoing contraception, which is one of the good things about the copper coil is that although it's fitted for emergency contraception, they can then use it for five or 10 years, depending on what coil they've gone for. Um, but they might find that their periods are a bit heavier or they might last a bit longer or they might be a bit more painful. Mm. Um, if that is the case, they can always have it removed. Um, but also it does tend to get better with times. So the first few periods will be a bit um, heavier or more painful, but it gets better. Or they could think about using some tranexamic acid or something while they're on their period. So it's not the end of the world. Cool. Um, and so we, you've got uh, one coil, but there's, there's two different oral options. What makes you choose one over the other? So um, very helpfully, the Faculty of Sexual and Reproductive Health have got a lovely guideline on their website um, with an algorithm to help you decide. So Excellent. if you're interested in looking at that, so it's the fsrh.org website, and if you look at the emergency contraception guideline. But in general, um, LO1, which is ulipristal acetate, that's most effective mid-cycle, because as I said, that works even after that LH surge has started. So if they're mid-cycle, go for that one. It's also more effective um, if it's been more than 72 hours so between 72 and 120 hours L1 is more effective than levonorgestrel however um, because L1 is an anti-progestogen um, it means that if somebody's had any progestogens, so say they've been on the pill but they've missed some pills and that's why they're having emergency contraception whatever hormones in their system from that could actually stop the L1 from working. Mm. So if somebody has had any progestogen in the last week, so if they've been on the pill or they've taken the other emergency pill within the last week, then you can't give L1 because okay. they just cancel each other out. And similarly, that means that they can't start straight away on a new method of contraception after they have L1 because they would just cancel each other out. So the new method would stop the L1 from working and the L1 would stop the new method from working. So if someone wants to start on contraception after L1, they need to wait for a week before they start on that. So you might want to, so if it's somebody early on in the cycle um, and they're wanting to start on the pill afterwards, then you might want to give them the levonorgestrel because then they can just start straight away um, on, their, on their new method. The other things about L1 is that it's not suitable if um, somebody's got severe asthma and they're mm. using glucocorticoids. Um, and if they're breastfeeding, then they need to express and discard their milk for a whole week, which most people would not be very happy to do. So generally, L1 is the first choice unless either they've had hormones, they're on steroids for asthma, or they're breastfeeding. Excellent. Okay, so um, shall we go through some examples yes. then? So almost like Let's an Oski scenario <laughs> type thing. Okay, um, so we so you've got a, a lady who's come in who's not using uh, contraception, and she had unprotected sex two days ago. Uh, what would you need to know? 
Okay, so first of all, just make sure that she is actually at risk of pregnancy, so she's not being sterilised or her partner's not being sterilised, she's not got a female partner, because that's always embarrassing if you start talking about emergency contraception because you've made an assumption that they've got a, a male partner. Um, so check that first of all. Then you went to want to know when her last period was mm. um, and ask her if she knows about her cycle. So does she know how long her usual menstrual cycle is? Does she have one of those helpful apps or not? Okay, so her last period was seven days ago and she's telling you that they come every 30 days like clockwork. Excellent. So she's a very helpful patient because <laughs> she knows what's going on. So she's day seven of a 30-day cycle. So if we want to work at her expected date of ovulation, so we do 30 minus 14. So her expected date of ovulation would be day 16. So that means um, that she's eligible for all types of emergency contraception because she's not ovulated yet. So in terms of the copper coil, which is the most effective method, that could be fitted um, up to five days after ovulation. So it could be fitted up to day 21 for her. Mm. So actually she's got another two weeks to be able to get into a clinic and get a coil fitted. Um, so just it's worthwhile remembering that it doesn't always have to be fitted immediately. Mm. Um, so that would be the copper coil. Ella one can be given up to five days after unprotected sex and she's not yet ovulated, so that would also be fine for her. But if she wants to start on a new method of contraception that contains hormones, then she'd have to wait five days before she could start that. Mm -hmm. um, or levonogestrel she could have because she's pre-ovulation, um, she's within the time frame for that, and then she'd be able to start on a new method straight away so she's in quite a good situation she's come in nice and early so she could have all the different options just depending on what might suit her best really time is on her side okay so uh let's slightly change things around so let's say she is day 18 of her 30 day cycle mm -hmm. and she's had unprotected sex every day and she's already had the emergency pill three times this month Okay, so again, first of all, just think about whether or not she's eligible for a coil, just your first line thinking when you think about emergency contraception. So she's day 18 of a 30 day cycle. So we've said that her earliest date of ovulation would have been day 16. So that means that she could have a copper coil fitted up until day 21. So she's got another three days to have that fitted and that'll be her five days after ovulation. Mm. And that would cover for, for all the sex that she's had that cycle. Because although she's been having sex every single day, she can't have a fertilised uh, egg until she's ovulated and we're within five days of that. So we can fit that for her. The oral methods are going to be ineffective because she's already ovulated. Um, so I would be advising her that her best choice is definitely a copper coil. No, yeah, so she, so sometimes then people worry if people have been having sex all month that they might already be pregnant, but yeah, as I said, the, she can't be pregnant until five days after fertilisation, and if we know when she's ovulated, we can work that out. Marvellous. Um, and so um, we sometimes get patients coming to A&E asking for emergency contraception. We obviously don't. Um, we don't provide emergency contraception from A&E. So um, where can patients access emergency contraception? So they can get it from pharmacies. Um, so some pharmacies will only be able to supply levonogestro, so mm. levonel, but some will be able to supply LO1. Mm. Um, they can get it from their GP. Mm -hmm. um, they can get it from any sexual health service. Um, and the pharmacies that do provide it are also trained in knowing whether it's likely to be effective or sure. not, and then signposting if somebody should have a copper coil. Because sure. obviously only, um, well, you can't have a coil fitted in a pharmacy for no, a start. No, I was going to say. Um, <laughs> I don't, don't remember that bit of boots. Not 
not all GPs are able to fit coils either. So anybody yeah. who's giving out emergency contraception should be able to signpost us to where where they can go. In general, in a sexual health service, we will fit somebody in that, that needs a coil, but come in as early as they can. Mm. Um, sometimes, though, as we saw with that case, we might have even a couple of weeks to be able to yeah. fit it. But sometimes we have about three hours, so then we just do our very best. Crack on. Yes. <laughs> Brilliant. Anything else? No, I think that's everything. Thank right. you. Thank you so much, Katie. Bye-bye. That was the Take Orally Emergency Contraception Podcast. Remember, you can subscribe to Take Orally on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud. You can find the blog entry and the Take Visually for this podcast at takeorally.com. Take Visually is also available on Instagram. Remember, you can also find Take Orally on both Facebook and Twitter. For more information about research and education opportunities with emergency medicine, acute medicine, and major trauma, don't forget to check out NUH Dream on both Facebook and Twitter.